Hi everybody, I'm John Sherwood and this is my podcast where I seek to fuel faith in Jesus in the 21st century. I'm a minister of the gospel and believe in making disciples who make disciples because Jesus really is beautiful and amazing and worth following with everything that we have. You can check out more resources at my website, johnsherwood.com, where I write about the intersection of faith and modern culture, as well as Bible study, leadership, and faith interviews, all designed to help ignite and fuel faith in Jesus Christ. And with all that, let's dive into the episode. Hey guys, I'm John Sherwood here, johnsherwood.com. Today we've got Guy Hammond on the line. He's going to be talking to us about Christianity and the LGBTQ community and how faith intersects with this really cultural hot topic of homosexuality, transgender, etc. Guy, thank you so much for joining me here today. So grateful to have you on. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of give us a little bit of bio and, and a little bit of your origin story and, and, and kind of your own personal connections with the LGBT community. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me and I appreciate you doing this interview. Uh, I live in Toronto, Canada. I'm 53 years old. I've been married for 25 years. I've got four kids. And uh, I was a pastor for many years, but uh, then a few years ago started a ministry to specifically uh, find a way for Christians to be able to be educated on the issues of homosexuality, uh, same-sex attraction, attraction, same-gender issues, that kind of thing. Right. That's great. It is obviously, you know, a huge uh, need in the church, but obviously an extremely relevant topic uh, throughout uh, the world and, and obviously here in, in the Western cultures. Um, you know, now, obviously, I know uh, Canada has had uh, gay marriages legalized for like over a decade. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. And so, you know, the United States has just followed suit this past year. And, and so that's kind of been a big uh, culture shift for a lot of people here in the United States. And uh, so tell me a little bit about kind of your own personal journey and, and sort of how you um, got to the place where you really started a, a full time ministry uh, for this particular need in the church. Yeah, I, uh, I started acting out in homosexuality, uh, believe it or not, around the tender age of 11 and uh, continued until I was in my mid-20s. Okay. Uh, I had a boyfriend for 10 years. I, I lived the gay life in the, the gay community in downtown Toronto for a couple of years. And uh, by the time I was 24 years old, um, I had acted out hundreds of times with different men. Um, I felt, uh, you know, it was just really empty. I... I Felt like I was really uh, missing something in my life, and yeah. God's perfect timing. He sent somebody to invite me to church. I was very skeptical, but decided to go. And took a couple of years of going to church and and learning and and building relationships with people. But finally became a Christian in uh, 1987, and uh, so I've not acted out now on homosexuality in almost 30 years. Wow! Um, wow. But yeah. I'm still same-sex attracted. That's never changed. So, uh, okay. but I've just not acted out now for for about three decades. So what I'm going to ask is, you know, you mentioned that you're same-sex attracted, but you haven't acted out. So what are the differences there? What does that mean? And, and how do you sort of explain that to someone that maybe has never heard those terms before? Yeah, well, according to my uh, understanding of the scriptures, um, homosexuality is, is not a part of God's plan for human sexuality. And I came to that conviction, you know, 30 years ago. And because of that, decided that I would have to live my life as a Christian man and not actively be involved in homosexuality. Mm. And so that's how I've lived now for the last 30 years. But my attractions are the same gender 
haven't diminished. I'm just as attracted to the same gender today as I was 30 years ago. Uh, I, um, I believe the, the fact that people are same-sex attracted is neither here nor there. Attractions are very automatic and involuntary. I think we have very little say about what we're attracted to. Uh, I don't think it's a sin to be attracted to the same gender. It's not the attraction that's the problem. It's the action that is the problem. Uh, and so, um, listen, we're all, we're, bro we're all born into a, a very uh, broken world. Right. We've all come into the world that way. We all have our different issues and challenges and, and uh, issues to deal with. So mine is same-sex attraction. But I, I do believe for a Christian, it would be, uh, it would be uh, sinful to act out in homosexuality. Right. But the attraction in and of itself, I think, is, uh, I think is fine. It's just a part of humanity. Sure. You know, I think of the passage in the New Testament that talks about that when temptation is, is given birth, it becomes full-blown and, and becomes sin and leads to death. And so there's yeah. a part of this fallen uh, creation that we live in where we, we all face uh, different attractions and, and temptations towards sin um, that are there, but the, it, it's not the same as acting in sin until we allow that to happen or partake in that. And so that's a very helpful, uh, you know, clarifying distinction on that. And um, I know that um, a, lot of, a lot of people in the, the Christian community and a lot of people in the, uh, the kind of the LGBT community typically can feel like they're really at odds. And especially as you look in the media and pop culture, uh, there seems to be a really massive impasse between uh, Christians who sort of represent this conservative, sort of gay bashing type of mentality and attitude, and then uh, the LGBT community that can represent this very sort of resistant, um, uh, defensive, you know, not wanting to get bashed by the Christians and so reacting to that. How, how have you seen those different communities uh, interact both positively and, and negatively in your experience? Well, yeah, you're right, John. Um, you know, uh, what, what's happened is we've just stereotyped each other. And uh, we, when we stereotype one another, we make assumptions about each other often that are not true. Right, okay. And uh, so the, the, the Christian community uh, often looks at people in the gay community like, you know, they have no interest in God. Uh, everybody wants to be on a float in a gay parade. Um, everybody's militant. Of course, these things aren't, uh, aren't true. Uh, people in the gay community look at everybody in the Christian world like they're all, you know, right-wing religious nutjobs, which would be true for some, but not true for all Christians. Right. Um, I haven't seen a lot of positive experiences uh, or interactions between the gay community and Christians, to be honest with you. It's one of the things that spurred me on to start this ministry so we could begin a dialogue and figure out a way to start um, working with the gay community, find things that we hold in common right. uh, to be able to bring about difference, bring about change. You know, that, that, that's great that you mentioned bringing about dialogue. You know, I know a lot of people that are going to be listening to this and viewing this they obviously have uh, intersections with the gay community, whether it's somebody in their family, at work, you know, in their neighborhood. Uh, maybe they uh, have, are, are same-sex attracted themselves in the community of faith. And so a lot of people want to, I think, know but feel timid or unprepared or ill-equipped on how do I begin that dialogue? How do I uh, positively engage um, 
you know, my homosexual or, um, uh, you know, transgendered room, you know, a neighbor or, or a coworker or whatever, as a person of faith, how do I engage them with the mindset of um, spreading the gospel of Christ? Well, I think one of the first things you realize is that homosexuality is not centered out in scripture as being the worst of all sins. It's been treated as such a lot of times by many Christians, but, but, but scripturally that's not true. Uh, I also think we just have to really work on not being judgmental. Paul says in first Corinthians uh, chapter five, uh, verse 12, that we shouldn't judge those inside the church. We shouldn't judge those outside the church, but we should judge those inside. And I think a lot of us have gotten way too caught up in judging people in a manner that Jesus never intended. Right. There is a judge, but we're not him. Right. Uh, so I think another thing that would be helpful to recognize is that homosexuality is not a choice. Mm-hmm. We are 100% responsible for what we do with our attractions, but I've never met anybody who actually chose to be attracted to the same gender. Right. And uh, when you recognize that and you don't go from a judgmental attitude, I think it can really um, help us in our heart and our attitude to recognize these are just regular people and we just need to uh, befriend them and, right. and uh, reach out to them. Right. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned um, the fact that it's not a choice. You know, that's obviously can be a very touchy subject, a very hot button for some. And, you know, you mentioned how the Bible doesn't say that homosexuality is the chief of all sins, even though in culture and even in in some uh, pockets of the Christian community, it can be treated as such. But really, when I think about homosexuality as just one of many sins that the Bible describes as part of the condition that pulls men and women, pulls humanity away from God, you know, it, it helps me to realize I, I didn't necessarily choose any form of my sin either, you know. Right. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, like you said, I, I've chosen to act on those things and to, to follow uh, the, the path of sin, but I didn't necessarily conjure up those desires originally, you know, and, and, and I think about even the creation story in Genesis and the fall and how, um, you know, in the new Testament, it it refers back to that, the sin through one man entered humanity, you know? And and I think for me, what that calls to mind is that really there, there, there isn't this, this, you know, degree or level or thing that separates. And it really does bring us, um, a lot closer than I tend to think of, you know, because we all are really in the same boat as a fallen people, as a fallen humanity. Yeah, um, what, what do you think the, the, this subject matter of homosexuality and, and the, the, the LGBT or, or LGBTQ community, what role do you think that plays in the future of the church or the future of the believers, the community of faith? How, how do, how, what does this look like going forward for us? Well, uh, uh, I think it's going to look messy. Um, uh, I think a lot of Christians, a lot of churches need to wake up. I think a tsunami is hitting the Christian world, and, and there's a lot of people who still are completely clued out. Their heads are in the sand. Um, I think that uh, we've got to find ways to work with people in the gay community. Uh, we may not see uh, eye to eye on, on every issue for sure, that doesn't mean we can't work arm in arm and side by side on the issues we do agree on. And I think there's a whole plethora of, of uh, issues that Christians and people in the gay community actually agree on. Things like homelessness, uh, third world development, uh, feeding the poor, uh, you know, taking care of pollution. I mean, we may not agree on the biblical sexual ethic, 
uh, when it comes to homosexuality and what the Bible would call sin or not sin. But on those issues, we do agree on. So I, I think one thing that would be really helpful for the church to do is to find topics and issues that people in the gay community would agree on and then working side by side with them on those things in order to build relationship and uh, in order to help people see that we're not a bunch of right-wing uh, religious nut jobs uh, and uh, in hopes that over a period of time we would be able to share our lives and eventually the gospel with people right. in the gay community. You know, and that's interesting because I, I know that for myself and for a lot of um, a lot of Christian um, sectors and a lot of Christian pockets, it can be challenging um, to uh, have this partnership with those of any facet that are outside the church, you know, and, and I do think that the church at large has been stereotyped and, you know, stereotypes have some seedling of truth sometimes. And, and I think it has been stereotyped a lot that, that it's very uh, insular. It's very exclusive. It doesn't, doesn't really engage a lot outside of its walls. And I think that's so contrary to the gospel of Jesus. That's so contrary to his own personal life and ministry. And so I think that's great. I do think it's going to take a real step of faith and some courageous leadership in uh, different arenas to, to be able to engage and, and link up, as you said, arm in arm with some of these communities on things that we do see eye to eye on. We both care about um, really loving uh, the world and people around us uh, together and how that can open up so many bridges and vistas that would otherwise be shut down. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think, John, um, you know, I, I guess my message to Christians would be, can we be secure enough in our own faith mm. to have a place in our churches for people who are not at the same place as we are in their spiritual journey? Right. And would we be willing to be patient enough to give them time and space to figure this stuff out? Right. Um, and uh, I think that, that really is at the core of, of, of what we need to be able to accomplish in order to be able to welcome gay people into our churches uh, so that we can build a relationship and let them hear the gospel. And it really does come down to a security, I think. There's just so much fear. I know yeah. myself, you know, First John talks about the fact that perfect love drives out fear. I remember going to a church one time that was outside of my general context, and they, they to me, felt so... Um, dare I say, loose, you know, in, in their comfort of who was there and the space that they were allowing people to explore their faith. And it really revealed my fear and the, the, the tendencies of control that I'm used to in that arena of faith, you know, and I think, I think it really challenged me and it really was a sobering, um, you know, wake up call for me that, wow, like, yeah. I'm so uncomfortable with certain things in church and where does that come from? You know? Right. So um, what, what would you say to that? I mean, uh, obviously I think fear is a big part, but is there anything else that you think contributes to maybe the, 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 the uncomfortable um, feeling that, that we can have as Christians with those that don't really look like us or talk like us, or they don't really fit the program that we're used to. I know, you know, it, it really, I think, I think it's just their common denominator. You know, we're all very comfortable with people who agree with us and we're not very comfortable and we don't do well in relationship with people who disagree with us. Mm. But Christians have got to figure that thing out. We've got to break out of that. I mean, right. isn't that the whole beauty of Jesus oh, was that he was able to be with people who were different than him right. uh, and who lived lives that he wouldn't have agreed to. Uh, so he may not have been able to approve of how they lived, but he still was willing to accept them. And I guess, my message to Christians is that 
Uh, there is a difference between acceptance and approval. You can accept people even though you don't approve of them. Mm-hmm. And I think somehow we've got this, this, this thing going on in our heads that says, oh, no, we, we have to be able to approve of you before we'll welcome you into our church. Right. <laughs> no, not at all. That's not how Jesus treated people. Right. I, I think if we can get to a place where we can say we don't approve of what, how you live, but you're still a welcome guest, right. we'll st- still treat you with kindness, dignity, and respect. And we want to build a relationship with you, even though we don't agree. Uh, see, then I think we can start making a difference. Right, right. That's powerful stuff. Now, what would you say to um, the gay person, a person in the LGBT community who's had maybe negative experiences with, you know, the Christian or the Christian world? What, what encouragement would you give to them uh, to um, who maybe has um, questions about faith or God or has a desire to want to love God and be with God and, but yet has these barriers and feels like maybe they, they have no place, you know, what, what, what encouragement would you give them? Uh, you know, the first thing I'd want to tell them is, uh, how sore I am that, uh, that they have been mistreated and for anybody listening who was maligned or laughed at or mocked or made to feel a certain way, that is not in line with what God would say, uh, and you were made to feel that way by a Christian, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that was your experience. Mm. And a lot of people have been terrible ambassadors for Jesus in this area. Um, I guess the next thing I'd like to say is that um, there is a place for you in Jesus's church. Uh, I don't think God cares what we're attracted to. Um, The line I like to use is that for the Christian, the opposite of homosexuality is not heterosexuality. For the Christian, the opposite of homosexuality is holiness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we just have to strive to do our best to, to, to follow God and glorify and honor him with our lives. I don't think God cares what you're attracted to. God's not ashamed of you. God's not embarrassed of you. And I don't think Jesus' church should be either. And uh, I've been encouraged as I've been traveling around the world. I've spoken to over 40,000 people now in the last few years in churches and universities and faith-based groups. And uh, I've been encouraged, actually, by the number of churches who are repenting and recognizing that they've gotten this thing all wrong and that they want to be a safe place for uh, people in the gay community, but from all walks of life to come and learn and and be given the time and space to figure this out. So I would say to the person in the gay community, uh, please, I recognize there are some churches and Christians who do fit the stereotype of the right wing religious nut job. But I will tell you that my experience has been there's a lot of churches who are very eager to figure this thing out and do want to treat you with kindness and respect, uh, do want to be kind to you and loving towards you while you try to figure this out, and we figure this out even together with an open Bible. Right, right, amen. So what, uh, what resources maybe out there would you recommend um, for you know, the person who wants to engage this topic more and learn more? Where would you point them? Well, uh, I run a ministry called Strength in Weakness Ministries. It's uh, strengthinweakness.org. Okay. Uh, we're helping Christians, uh, thousands of Christians in over 60 countries around the world. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and trying to educate the church. And, and it's, a, it's a place for people in the gay community to go and uh, be able to uh, find out in a very practical way how they can start this journey of, of uh, connecting with God and church. So uh, that would be a, a good place to go. Okay. Um, we've got seven very specialized ministries helping people from all walks of life. So I'm sure we can really make a difference there. Okay. Um, there's, uh, there's other groups out there as well. Uh, you know, anything, um, that's written by a gentleman by the name of Joe Dallas, he, he writes, he's got some excellent books out there, uh, that I would strongly recommend. Um, there is a, uh, 
uh, a support group and a ministry that's run out of um, Colorado Springs uh, called Healing for the Soul. And it's run by, by a man by the name of Jason Graves. And they specialize in helping uh, people who are same-sex attracted who are trying to uh, uh, follow the, the biblical sexual ethic and trying to figure out how to do that. And so that's another, another place they could go to as well. Okay, fantastic. Well, listen, guy, so grateful for you to join us here today. Thank you so much. For yeah, thank you. Really appreciate that. Guy Hammond, Strength and Weakness Ministries, John Sherwood, johnsherwood.com. We'll see you later, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Faith Fuel podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time.